What's up ladies and gentlemen, it's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. At thecreport.com, you can get more information on The C Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to thecreport.com, that's www.thecreport.com, and be sure to follow us on our social medias, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, and Pilt.net. Good evening, America. How is everyone doing tonight? I hope you guys are doing well out there. Hope everyone's doing mighty fine. And uh, welcome to another edition of the C Report. I'm your host, Mr. C. I hope everyone's doing okay today. And I will continue to hope so until the end of times, ladies and gentlemen. But, uh, we're doing it pretty good here this afternoon, this evening, I guess, depending on uh, what time zone you are. It might be tomorrow. If you're joining us live on the interwebs, thanks for being here as the show's just getting started for this evening. Um, we're live on uh, multiple fronts per the usual this evening, ladies and gentlemen. Pill.net, foxhole.app, uh, Clout Hub, Trovo, Twitch, Odyssey, Rumble. Welcome, 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 y'all. Welcome one and all. Alrighty, guys. So what do we got going on today, y'all? We had a, I had a pretty busy afternoon today. Let me tell you what. Actually, been a bit of a pretty busy couple of days. Few days, couple of days, right? We're this is just Wednesday, right? This is just hump day. Okay. Just making sure. Just making sure we're all still on the same page here. Uh had a great, awesome show, I thought, this afternoon of uh Lone Star State News. Uh, our Texas-centric news and current events show here at Mr. CTV. Don't know if you guys got a chance to catch it. If you didn't, uh, I would highly recommend you do check it out, particularly if you are a Texas kinfolk. That's my euphemistic way of uh, calling you a family or a friend. Uh, I'd say uh, make sure you come on. And look at you see. Do you see what's coming up through? <laughs> Sorry, guys. Sorry, wardrobe. Okay, someone take care of that. All right. <laughs> it's the red blazer. Ah, it's coming back to haunt me. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, like I really have wardrobe here, guys. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's up with that. Anyways, okay. If that arm peeks through, I hope it doesn't bother you guys for the rest of the night. Okay. Just kind of part and parcel on what we're dealing with here, guys. We're not professional. I'm not professional. I speak in pluralities because I'm a twin for crying out loud. Anyways, okay. <laughs> hey, at least I got my pronouns straight, right? You don't got to question that in my book. Okay, guys. So uh, where was I? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, this afternoon, this afternoon, guys, dealing with uh, uh, talking about the Speaker of the House. That's why I was saying, you know, um, we're all very fast approaching that um, 
you know, because this is not moveon.org, right, ladies and gentlemen? We don't just move on, right? You know, uh, we forgive, but we don't forget, you know, that kind of a thing, you know, because uh, if you forget, then you lack wisdom. There's some something like that, right? Anyhow. So, yeah, so we don't move on.org, right? But we have uh, election integrity and battling the election fraud. Ah, no, 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 no. We have to battle the, the theft of these elections, okay? Let, let, let's not even just, let's, let's not, let's say, say it like it is, right? Our, our elections have been stolen. This uh, country has been hijacked, okay? We need to reverse that, you know? It's like when you start using language that fierce, you know, it's the kind of language that it seems like it should provoke some kind of uh, a tent, right? Or it should uh, it should spark some kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, serious, serious, uh, and I mean serious, not, not like um, be the the amount of uh energy you put towards each other in the conversation but serious conversation as in actually sitting down and figuring things out and hashing and you know and and coming up with a plan and a solution and maybe a way in to execute it or something to that matter or effect ladies and gentlemen serious conversation when you start using words like uh our elections have been stolen which they have been and our country has been hijacked which it has been Right. And maybe it's that lack of of bold in your face language. Right. Uh, was it this? Um, and this is this is on topic, but off topic at the same time. It was like with this uh, this uh, com comedy bit with uh, what's his face? George Carlin. Right. Talking about how Americans have gotten so soft over the decades because uh, they keep floofing up their words with more syllables and, and more uh Things that make them just uh, confusing and complex and uh, hard to relate to or connect to the actual deft reality of what it means. Election fraud? Yes. Stolen elections? Yes. You know what I mean? Um, shenanigans? Well, you know, I, I, I tend to call them shenanigans, but you know, it's... <laughs> The time, I guess, to diminish is over, you know, I mean, I mean, not that that I thought I was diminishing that, but I'm sure you all get the point, right, guys? Uh, point of the matter is, you know, we uh, have to deal with the stolen elections and and it's being uh, taken to uh, by, by I wish I could say more Americans throughout this nation. Uh, we know uh, Carrie Lake has um, announced that she'll be filing her lawsuit in Maricopa County on Friday, for example. And that's just one thing amidst the other various lawsuits and uh, efforts that are still happening throughout this nation uh, to course correct 2020 and 2022, you know, and I'm willing to say that we have a better chance at course correcting 2020 after everything that has happened and is still happening here and now in 2022, you know, and then of course, you know, last week um, we uh, talked about that uh, lawsuit that's going uh, before the Supreme Court, or well, possibly, actually, we don't know if the Supreme Court's going to hear it just yet. Uh, but of course, that was the Brunson lawsuit, okay? And, and a lot of people caught wind of that. And uh, it's very, very uh, timely information to have, ladies and gentlemen. But we'll be talking about another election case that is going before the Supreme Court tonight. Uh, it's a case that begs the question, ultimately, who has the last say when it comes to deciding elections? Is it judges or is it state legislators that have the final say on the determination or the outcome of an election? And uh, it's actually a very good question to ask because, you know, what happens when you get those activist, biased, partisan judges 
whom are working in the interests of others and not the American people, nor their oath to the Constitution, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and then the what recourse do we the people have, you know, to sit back and be insulted and to be harassed for being election deniers because corrupt judges decided to throw out cases without even looking at the evidence? You know, what is our recourse? You know, so uh, we'll talk about that a little bit tonight. That's a story coming up for us. Um, and we'll squeeze that one in. Uh, we are going to finish up the conic stuff today, guys. I think we're going to finish it up. I pulled three pretty good meaty articles from uh, Kenneth Koa. I think I'm saying his name right, uh, who wrote the articles uh, at his Substack. Um, again, with all with just, you know, and, and it's interesting because he puts um, he puts a, a kind of like a, I wouldn't say it's a disclaimer, but, you know, he does put in there, you know, that not all this information is complete, you know, and that he's you know still in the process of researching and, you know, and stuff like that. So, um, uh, as much information as there has already been provided through his research and through uh, uh, through his writings, ladies and gentlemen, I, I, I could hardly, well, I mean, you know, I could believe there's more, but, you know, at the same time, it's like, dang, there's going to be some more and so damning, so outright uh, affirmative in uh, in in um, uh, Eugene Yu, uh, Connick's uh, CEO, his connection to the Communist Party of China. I mean, it's it's downright ridiculous but uh what what um i'm enjoying about these articles along with the exposure of uh this uh you know we're looking at well you guys all understand of course having all of our data on servers in china okay is, is no small deal indeed uh but all the other vast connections are coming uh or interconnected to this entire debacle and and the more light that comes out on it i think uh, perhaps Americans will get a better view or a broader view of exactly what it is that Greg Phillips and the True the Vote team has discovered um, or has been investigating uh, in regards to our elections and uh, and what's going on in China. Like we know they have their information at this point, but where does that all go from there? you know, is kind of what I'm asking. And that that's what I'm most intrigued to know about, you know? Um, so anyways, so uh, we'll go ahead and we'll finish up with that again tonight. And then of course, uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Twitter, you know, we'll talk a little about Twitter and uh, Elon Musk and, or like, uh, excuse me, Mr. Musk. And, um, and as well as a uh, Jack Dorsey coming up out of nowhere, post firing of uh, Jim Baker. <laughs> That's an interesting one right there, ladies and gentlemen. If you ask me, that is definitely an interesting one. Uh, so we've got a lot to kind of go through tonight. I think it's going to be a fun-filled night. And I uh, hope you guys are having a great time out there. Hey, what's going on in the chat room? I see you hanging out there. Tam Grau, good to see you. Evening Angel, says Tam Grau. Good evening, Angel. Good to see you again tonight, ma'am. Sean Joe, good evening. Hey, oh, Mr. C just saw the plaque. Very nice. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you, Sean Joe, for being a... Badged repeat offender. I don't like to say things like that because then I don't want to make anyone else feel bad. But thank you for being a subscriber, Shanjo. Uh, I mean, everyone here is a repeat offender, right? <laughs> and uh, thank you for the cookie as well, sir. And the can, Miss Tam Growl. Thank you so much for that can. It's nothing like uh, nothing like getting a snack and a drink for refreshments all in one sitting. <laughs> all right. And another cookie coming this way. Awesome. Hey, Curtis Cross, what's up? Thank you for your patronage. You are most welcome, sir. When did I patronize you? No, just kidding. 
I'm just playing. Sir. I don't know. You know what I mean? Okay. So uh, let's see what we got, guys. Let's see what we got. Uh, I was kind of trying to get through some of uh, these quick headlines um, uh, before I jumped into the thick of things because uh, this afternoon, I mean, for the last few days, I've been really wrapped up in uh, writing that article about Dade Phelan, the rhino here, that Speaker of the House in Texas. So I finished the article and then, you know, we did a reading of it today uh, during Lone Star State News, again, just to close the circle off on the uh, Whatever I was saying about Lone Star State News earlier, sirs and ma'ams, uh, was that um, <clears throat> that that really did take a lot of my attention. Then, you know, after doing the reading, I was like, ah, error, error, error. Uh, someone get me a copy editor. No, I mean, so I had to start going back through that because that thing's already live and published. And I'm trying to make sure it's, of course, as accessible and readable as possible. <laughs> because just because you put a whole bunch of words on paper doesn't mean it's readable ladies and gentlemen so <laughs> so anyways and had a lot of taking care of that guys amongst other things uh i'd say check it out at the seerport.com it's the latest article to drop i'm gonna try and get some more out there guys and uh refocus my efforts on that and a few other things here behind the scenes and in front of you guys in front of the camera ladies and gentlemen so uh I thank you guys for bearing with me while I go through that. But yeah, that was a lot to go through or a lot to read through, a lot to share with you all earlier on in the day. Again, I'd say go take a look at it. You maybe reflect over your own state houses and state speakers, uh, house speakers in regards to uh, um, the role that they play. You know, I mean, because here we've already identified uh, people like Dade Phelan of Texas. Uh, um, what was that guy's name again? Robin Voss of Wisconsin. You know, these rhinos in these pivotal positions. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, we're, we're looking at this whole thing happening on Capitol Hill in regards to the House Speaker guys. So uh, very important indeed, you know. And, and then, of course, we had the uh, race in Georgia last night that I gave ultimately uh, the, the advantage or the majority to the Democrats in the Senate. And, you know, I could have figured it would go that way. Uh, and it's just it's just so that, you know, kind of like the way I'm seeing it in Texas state in the Texas state house guys, you know, everything's already decided, right? They just needed extra time to figure out how they were going to play this out, you know, because uh, ultimately what they wanted is they didn't care if they lost the house, right? Because you know what that's going to mean? Uh, does that mean that Americans are dumb and they've forgotten about what that looked like when the Republicans had control of the Senate? What happened when Republicans had control of the Senate, right? You know, when it came down to things like impeachment and stuff like that, uh, you know, who and why is it that we wanted the Senate, right? Why is it that the Senate was so important? You know, do you see what you catch? Do you catch my drift here, guys? Because, you know, no matter how the uh, House, I guess, uh, is going to rule on its investigations, I guess, you know, if even if in regards to matters of impeachment, you know, if you have if you have a Senate that's majority Democrat, I mean, what are we going to see? An acquittal of uh, Joe Biden, you know? I mean, that would be a laugh, but, you know, interesting. Well, not interesting. Sadly enough, I don't know if that would be enough to, uh, you know, rally up the spirit of America and be like, what the heck is going on here? 
that just don't seem to happen sometimes these days. But uh, the, the reason why I say that, of course, is because, you know, the whole schematic of it, you know, if you have someone like a House Speaker in a pivotal position that can kill bills uh, just by delaying them or assigning uh, some crooked non-American to uh, handle it, you know, in the lawmaking process, you know, like a Democrat you know, maybe, uh, that's a lot of power right there. You know, and the same thing you could say, uh, when we're talking about, uh, stacking, uh, the Senate versus the house, you know, I mean, ultimately it's just going to cancel out anything that the house wants to do and they can play their own maneuvers as far as uh, legislation goes and lawmaking and, and they can continue to just, you know, throw it in the face of Americans or use the, uh, use the subterfuge of, uh, you know, partisan politics, um, to continue the divide and uh, make the argument look more authentic than we know it to be. Mm -hmm. uh, but as I was saying, ladies and gentlemen, oh, and we'll take a look at Georgia. I mean, that was just a yesterday uh, was the uh, runoff there. So uh, I'm not seeing a whole lot on the ground just yet uh, in regard to uh, what was going on over there. Uh, but... Uh, we'll catch up as quick as catch can uh, on that matter. Uh, let me see here. What else was I going to share with you guys as far as that goes? Again, we had a uh, Carrie Lake uh, claiming uh, saying she will be filing her lawsuits, her lawsuit on Friday. And uh, let's see if we had any more information on that other than. Uh, Yeah, a lot of stuff coming out with that uh, Twitter storm there, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? Including Katie Hobbs, as we shared with you guys yesterday. Mm. All right. Oh, wow. Okay. Arizona voters must submit witness reports of fraud or irregularities uh -huh. to the uh, Arizona Secretary of State and, uh, let's see, saveaznow.com. Actually, you know, let's just, uh, let me see how long this video is. Oh, it's not that long. Let's get this video on and... Uh, We'll uh, start with uh, an announcement from Carrie Lake about, uh, oh, you want to make this private? Oh, there it is. Okay, cool. Oh, apparently she actually uh, guest hosted on uh, a show. Oh, is it the Sebastian Gorka show? Ah, interesting. Okay, cool. Uh, let me pull this up for you guys real quick so we can take a gander and that'll give us a quick update on uh, Arizona Carrie Lake. And then uh, we will promptly get into our Trump truths. There's, I mean, there's more and more stuff that's coming out on election day, guys. Uh, 2022 uh, botched, uh, fraudulent, uh, stolen elections. And that's what's so much interesting. You know, you know, when we take a look at what we have right now in regard to uh, uh, what happened on the 2022 midterms, uh, it kind of resembles a lot of 2020, you know, uh, improprieties, if you want to use that kind of soft language. Um, I think the biggest difference here would be the actual voter suppression, right? Uh, but considering that 
everything we have resembles 2020 as far as um, the occurrences of 2022. Imagine all the extra juicy stuff that's going to be coming out. Because like I said, you know, it's it's been uh, we're one day short of a month away from election 2022. And we already have like miles and miles of data and evidence that's only going to spur on. Uh, more investigations and stuff. So, yeah, not that I think I'm being highly optimistic. I just uh, think that um, I'm considering uh, exactly what we have in front of us. All right. Uh, America First with Sebastian Gorka. And uh, Carrie Lake was on the show today. Um, let's see what she had to say. The president endorsed her. She's never giving up. She's a true patriot. Please welcome our special guest host, Carrie Lake. Oh, it's so good to be on America First with Sebastian Gorka. I'm Carrie Lake, and I'm reporting to you live from Arizona, the state where our borders wide open and our elections are run like a circus. And we have a lot to fix here in Arizona. And that's why our movement is so powerful. I just want to lay things out for you because I know for the national audience, they're not covering the mega, the mainstream media is not covering how our elections were run here in Arizona. Maricopa County is the second largest when it comes to elect the number of people living in it uh, and electoral power. 62% of our state lives in Maricopa County. And the Republican who ran the Maricopa County elections, number one goal was to stop MAGA candidates such as myself. He even started up a PAC raising money to bring down candidates who spoke out against the 2020 election. And it's no, there's no denying it. I talked about the election and how it was a rigged election in 2020. And we all know that it was. I mean, we're now seeing with Twitter and what's coming out on Twitter, how indeed the social media giants and the tech tyrants were working to help Joe Biden lie about his influence with uh, folks like the Ukrainians and the CCP taking money, his son Hunter Biden, and the laptop, they were trying to keep that away from the voters to try to influence the election, and they did influence the election. So fast forward to 2022, nothing is done to repair and fix our elections here in Arizona. The people running them are anti-America first, and actually the only way to slow our movement was to pretty much sabotage election day voting. And so they did that. They really did with 62%. I've got a few facts. 63% of the poll locations on election day were inoperable or not fully functioning. The tabulator machines went down. The ballot printers weren't working. They had no ink in the ballot printers. It was a complete nightmare. And because of that, they declared my uh, opponent the victor. And I want people to know out there that we are going to fight for election integrity. We are going to be filing a lawsuit this Friday, and we're going to fight what happened in Maricopa County because we have a movement here. And my basement Biden opponent, Katie Hobbs, knows that she did not win this election. It's disgusting what happened. I'm going to continue fighting it.
Wowzers, ladies and gentlemen. I think I want to hear more of that. Where's the show? <laughs> they only gave us three minutes on that. Okay, if she, uh, if uh, Carrie Lake uh, hosted, co-hosted that entire show. Wowzers, wowzers, wowzers. Okay, so uh, this is a lot of stuff coming out of Arizona right now, guys. Uh, as I'm seeing it clearly, um, it looks like uh, Christina Bob has also broken a... It looks like it's a pretty big story, actually. Let me see if I can't. Uh... I kind of want to go find this whole Sebastian Gorka. <laughs> I want to kind of go find this whole Sebastian Gorka episode. That sounds pretty cool. I mean, I, I want to hear more. What about you guys? Don't you? I do. I know. You know what? <laughs> Hold on. Let me see what I can do real quick. And because uh, I know we've got, I, we, there's a lot to cover tonight, y'all. There's a lot to cover. So that's just, uh, who boy. Who boy. Hold on. Because you know that thought wasn't finished yet, right? I mean, you know, are you guys like, you know, uh, like me, right? Once you hear a song start, you need to hear it finished or something like that. No, just kidding. I'm not that like, you know, neurotic or anything like that. And I'm not saying people who are like that are. Haha. Or am I? Okay, let me see here. I'm like, uh, you, you can't stop in the middle of a thought, Carrie. No. Uh, probably uh, Gorka was going to bust in right then and there, right? Uh, wow. I wonder if she was the co-host for the entire show. She couldn't have been. I only say that because it's like a three-hour show, guys. Okay. <laughs> okay. Hold up, hold up, hold up. We're going to get the rest of that thought, guys, okay? Because I, I want to hear the rest of what uh, Governor Lake had to say, okay? Hold on. I'm sure you all will not disagree with me on that, right? Okay. <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold up. You guys, I found it already, okay? So it's here. It's happening. All right. Here is uh, the governor of Arizona, Carrie Lake. It's really been difficult times. And I know that with us working together as Americans, just as we heard in those clips leading in, we can accomplish anything. We can make America great again. So I'm Carrie Lake, and I'm just so honored to be on the show today. I know Seb is having a great time there in Israel on a wonderful tour. And so we have the next three hours together, and we have an action-packed program today. You know, uh, the movement of America First is so powerful. You can see this kind of battle playing out right now in the Republican Party, the establishment cronyism of the GOP trying so hard to kill this movement. And it's just too powerful. We even uh, realized what happened last night in, in Georgia is part of a bigger movement and a battle that's going on in the Republican Party. You know, the Democrats must be spit, sitting back laughing in some ways because they just sit and watch as the Republicans shoot at each other while they're over there harvesting ballots, grabbing ballots, putting forth horrible candidates and winning. And we have to stop this nonsense. So we're going to have a great show. We're going to talk about what's ahead, some solutions for bringing this party together and being victorious in our Make America Great Again movement. 
And of course, we have a big battle going on right now for RNC chair. Ronna McDaniel, uh, Ronna Romney McDaniels, as she's known, is looking to get reelected. And there are some challengers this time around. So we're going to have those challengers joining us on the program today. We will have Harmeet Dillon and Mike Lindell, two of the people running. They'd like to defeat Ronna. And I know a lot of the grassroots wants to see that happen. They're going to be joining us here in the next few hours. Also, we saw something so despicable yesterday with Joe Biden talking about his trip to Arizona yesterday. And when he was asked by a journalist, will you visit the border? He said, no, he's not going to go. It's not that important. There's other more important things. So we're going to talk to uh, uh, some parents who lost their son to a fentanyl poisoning. And you know, when I was running for governor and talking about the wide open border, and this is why we have such a huge movement here in Arizona, people want these common sense solutions. They want the border to be shut down to this illegal activity. And this is why our policies were so popular because day one, my plan was to shut down that border, shut down the illegal activity at the border. And so we're gonna talk to a mother and father who lost their amazing son to a fentanyl poisoning, that's coming up. They have an amazing story and they can talk to you about what's really behind this wide open border. So we'll talk to them a little bit later on. And we're also going to be talking to a couple of journalists from Maricopa County, the infamous Maricopa County, where if you can rig an election and if you can cheat and if you can uh, you know, push your thumb down on the scale, you can pretty much change the course of this whole country. It's one of those mega counties I didn't say MAGA, I said MEGA. It's it's the second largest when it comes to electoral power in the whole country. And that's why it's critical what happens here with our elections. And we're going to break down what happened in the Arizona elections because the legacy media, the mainstream media, is not covering what happened on November 8th in Maricopa County. What happened on, on Maricopa County on November 8th was a highway robbery of the good people who chose to show up and vote on election day. They were punished, they were discriminated against, they were disenfranchised, and we're gonna lay out what happened in Maricopa County. And I'll tell you why I am going to be filing a lawsuit against the county contesting this election. So that's coming up as well. But I find it humorous, guys, that as we're dealing with these elections, where the Democrats roll out the absolute worst candidates you could ever fathom. I mean, you could not invent a worse candidate than a Katie Hobbs, or John Fetterman, or Warnock, and they roll out these horrible candidates time and time again, and then the elections go their way. And you go, why is this happening? Well, we know how the Democrats play with the ballot harvesting, with collecting ballots, with rounding them up, with mailing them out to every Tom, Dick, and Harry, with a pulse or without a pulse. And they've gotten pretty good at that game. And now, the, the Republicans, instead of saying, let's do better, let's change our election laws so that we have fair and honest and transparent elections, we're seeing a lot of people talk about, well, we have to get really good at doing what the Democrats do, which is playing dirty and not talking about the issues that will make this country great. I don't like the, the sound of that. I want to be part of a principled party. And I think you do too. I think if you're driving down the road, I know we want to win, but we want to win on great ideas, common sense ideas, and, and having our best days ahead of us. So we need to work we're changing our election laws so we don't have election month. We don't have mail-in ballots going to every person alive and dead and even non-existent creatures. And so we'll talk a little bit about that. But I thought it was actually humorous. 
I don't often laugh at Mitt Romney. Well, actually, I do laugh at Mitt Romney. <laughs> but I actually thought he said something that almost put him in the comedian status when he called out President Trump and called President Trump a rhino. This really happened. I'm not making this up. The king of the rhinos, Mitt Romney, calling the MAGA king, Donald Trump, a rhino. If you don't believe me, I didn't believe it. I had to have this played for me three times. I said, are we sure this has got to be a deep fake? What's going on here? Take a look. Let's play the cut here. Well, as you know, the Republican Party has long been the party of the Constitution. And so when President Trump says he wants to suspend the Constitution, uh, he, he goes from being MAGA uh, to being rhino. Um, we're, the, we're the Constitution Party. First of all, did President Trump really say that? No, let's look at the truth that he put out and I'm gonna read it for you. This is what President Trump said. Carrie's gonna take my show, okay? <laughs> you guys, I'm struggling here, okay? Because I, unlike the people of Arizona, did not have the privilege of having Carrie Lake in my uh, living room every night uh, to deliver the news for the last 20 years or so. So, uh, you know, I want to see what a Carrie Lake news report looks like. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys, forget the rest of the C report. We're going to watch the Carrie Lake show. <laughs> I'm sure you guys would not disagree with that. Okay. You know, it's interesting because this is exactly what we're talking about today. We're going to talk about this statement right here. And it's so funny that, uh, <laughs> it's so funny that she played Mittens Romney. I hadn't, you know, I hadn't seen that myself. Okay, but uh, that is, uh, yeah, yeah, Mittens Romney. Okay, and and Romney McDaniel's. I was like, hey, hey, all right, Governor Lake. Okay, <laughs> okay, so um, ah, okay, all right, guys. If you want to hear the rest of the, because I am like seriously, guys. I just I want to listen to the rest of this. I don't even care. I don't even want I don't even want to listen to this show. I want to listen to Carrie Lake, okay? No, um yeah, go check it out. Uh I had yeah, this is pretty cool. Okay, so she co-hosted uh Sebastian Gorka's America First show today apparently and uh, uh it looks like it, it would be a fun show to watch. That would be a fun show to watch, okay? Um I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, uh, should, should we play the rest of this? Cause we're, we're actually gonna, this is one of the big topics for tonight, guys. Like I've got a lot of stuff. To talk. <laughs> Mitt Romney's really called president Trump a rhino. Excuse me. <laughs> okay. 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 Contain yourself, Mr. C. Okay. All right. Okay. We'll do it, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Uh, well, well, many thanks to, uh, Carrie Lake for that. I had to cut her off because that's my story for tonight. <laughs> I mean, we, she's going to have more insights than I could possibly offer. I'm, I almost guarantee it, guys. But like, <laughs> okay, guys, um, let's do this because uh, this one is too big to skip right now. Okay. This one's too big to skip right now. So uh, I had not planned uh, I had not planned to share this story because I didn't even know this story existed before going on air, okay? Uh, but we're gonna share this story now since I have the flag of Arizona flying behind me since uh, Arizona is uh, the, well, I don't wanna say it's the primary battleground. It is, it is the battleground to be on if there were a battleground to be on, right? You know what I mean? Uh, the whole, every state in this nation, you know, even my state included, Texas, 
fighting for uh, course correcting the uh, lies, the fraud, the mischief, the treason, uh, the lawlessness, the unconstitutionality of the stolen elections. Uh, but but uh, what happened in Arizona, again, so egregious and so on the record, I mean, why wouldn't you want to go after that one right there? I mean, it's like right there. I mean, if you are a marksman and you have like a Stay puff Marshmallow with a target on it, you go for that one, right? Are you going to pick the like, uh, I don't know, the ant that's like uh, a million feet away, right? <laughs> I don't know. You don't got a scope. You decide. Okay. All right. So <laughs> I'm just. Okay, I'm just saying, all right? <laughs> Anyways, uh, let me see what we got here. Real quick, because you guys are just a chit-chatting over there in the uh, chat room. I just wanted to say hello. I saw Timba Jet jumping into the uh, chat room. What's going on, brother? Good to see you guys. Good to see you. Uh, Dpatriot1776, good evening, good evening. Uh, uh, both you and Tam Growl give my regards to the hubbies. Uh, once again, I, I forgot to say hello at the beginning of that, so I just thought I would throw that in there. Please forgive me. And uh, let's see what else we got going on. Let's see what else we got going on. Oh, oh, that's sad. Uh, D Patriot 1776. I'm sorry to hear that. I know, I know, I don't know him personally, but uh, sad news for the Foxhole family. And my condolences, and please do rest in peace. Uh, for Rick Roller One passed away. Um, I know I've seen Rick Roller one in the uh, chat rooms there, but uh, that is sad indeed. Uh, so always sad when, always sad when a member of the community is parted. Um, so uh, prayers, prayers, and uh, positive thoughts towards uh, his family and friends there, and anyone uh, who is uh, closely associated. All right, uh, let's see here, and thank you for sharing that, D Patriot seventeen seventy six. Well, yeah, I get it, you know, but Rick Roll says Curtis Cross. Well, that was a choice of his name. Okay. <laughs> okay. Now you guys. Okay. Sorry. Maybe I shouldn't have read that one of the air. <laughs> um, let's see here. Uh, who else we got going on in the chat room? Curtis Cross, that dinner sounds absolutely delicious. <laughs> well, you know, I've been having tacos. Uh, honestly, though, I've been craving wings. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> I haven't had, I haven't had a good wing in a while y'all anyways. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Aurelius lock. Good evening, sir. And welcome into the chat room. Good to see, uh, uh, chillaxin back over there. Um, uh, let's see here. Oh, you guys are talking about dinner. I ate dinner. I had a great dinner. It was a good dinner and I am a fool, but now you guys are going to make me hungry again. Sean Joe. Uh, we're not talking about that guy. We're not talking about Milo and Otis here. Okay. Uh, Milo and Otis has billed Kanye, uh, $116,000 for being his campaign advisor. And then he fired him. <laughs> Wait, didn't he fire him? Anyways. Yeah, I don't know about that. Some people are, I don't know. I mean, come on. I mean, someone who, uh, I don't know. I forget about it. I didn't want to talk about it. Screw that. Okay. Um, let's see. <laughs> I don't even want to talk about it. Okay. <clears throat> Timbajet says Utah needs to drum, dump Mittens Romney. I would have to agree. Mittens the comedian. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was, uh, that was pretty funny, wasn't it? Wasn't it, Tam Growl? <laughs> Uh, I don't trust Brnovich either. If he, if he, okay. Uh, uh, Brnovich for being the sleeping bear that he has been this entire since 2020. <laughs> 
Yeah, I have little faith that he is going to jump into action in the last, what, month of his existence in the political field? I mean, come on, Brnovich. I mean, what, what, you're, you're good at keeping us on the edge or something like that? You're good at uh, cliffhangers? Is that all you're good for? Because that's all you've given us is cliffhangers. Ah, <laughs> uh, Mr. Rowell says, howdy, howdy, Mr. Rowell. <laughs> No, I have not seen what wings are going for these days, Timbajet. Please do not tell, okay? Because you're going to just uh, smash my uh, <laughs> midnight snack dreams. No, just kidding. Okay, guys, let's take a look at this article real quick. I know I'm, I'm going off here a little bit, but uh, uh, I wanted to share this with you because uh, when I popped open the news feed, this one came into existence. It's dealing with Arizona. It's dealing with Maricopa. It's dealing with my favorite county recorder who lives in denial and i'm not talking about denial in egypt i'm talking about denial over his mangy ginger uh, comb over yep that's right we're talking about uh, maricopa county recorder stephen richer yeah he's back ladies and gentlemen okay so this is breaking all right like uh as soon as i found out about uh you know uh carrie lake being on uh uh, Mr. Uh, Gorka's show there, uh, this one pops up, lo and behold, breaking. Maricopa County recorder Stephen Richer colluded with federal agency CISA, CISA, the Cyber Infrastructure Security and Infrastructure Agency, or something to that effect, uh, to censor election critics. The Gateway Pundit mentioned by name. Oh, dang, that's crazy. So Jordan Conradson wrote this article. Now, in case you guys thought I was being mean about the mangy ginger comb over named Stephen Richard, there you go, guys. We finally got an angle. <laughs> Stephen Richard, America knows now that you are living in denial. Knock it off, okay? All right. <laughs> okay. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. Hey. I wear my crown with pride, okay? So I can say that, all right? I I, I knocked it off before it got to that point, okay? <laughs> and trust me, I tried, all right? I tried, okay, to save that. But uh, it wasn't happening, guys. That was not God's will, okay? <laughs> it was not God's will that I would have a full furrow of uh, nice and uh, full hair, okay? You know what? And who cares, all right? Okay, so... All right, so uh, approximately at uh, 11.22, look at those numbers, guys, 1122, right? Okay, 11.22, uh, on August 3rd, 2022, uh, Stephen Richard's mangy ginger comb-over did not look any better than it did last year at the same time, and we should know, even though uh, none of the uh, cameras snapping photos were uh, good enough to give us such an angle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's going to be like, dang, those security cameras. <laughs> okay, guys. All right. Yeah, I'm making fun of the... I, it's Yes, okay. I am making fun of him, okay? I, comb over, man. That's right, Tam Growl. <laughs> okay, sorry. I just... You know what? Okay, okay. All right. Okay. You know what? I'm just helping him grow, okay? <laughs> I'm helping him feel comfortable in his skin, okay? I'm telling him it's okay. It's okay. Because once you get angles like this, it's over, all right? You can no longer even get a hair transplant, Richard. Everyone knows that toupee is fake, all right? Okay, all right. Now let's get on to the article, guys. I'm done harassing him over that. Okay, uh, it goes this way. 
It turns out that the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, ah, I was almost right. I was missing one word, I think, uh, has been colluding with Maricopa County officials to censor information they disagree with surrounding elections in Maricopa County. I would argue that CISA has been colluding with several agencies across the board, including the EAC and uh, all the VSTLs and uh, probably even uh, what was the other one that we saw in that uh, in the. Uh, uh, you guys remember, wasn't it? Wasn't it from the uh, the Patel papers, like number five or something like that, where he gave the breakdown on like all of, I mean, it, not just the breakdown, but like also like all of the uh, all of the the statutes and the documents and the communications and the ordinances and the guidances and the regulations and the guidelines, uh, where he gave all the information about how that was all interconnected and they were all actually uh, meeting together, right? So I would I would argue that CISA CISA has been uh, colluding with a lot of these agencies, but to find out that they're actually on the ground in a county specific, ladies and gentlemen, could be a little bit more damning, particularly considering all of the uh, treason that just took place in the state of Arizona. Mm -hmm. All right. Maricopa County recorder Stephen Richer actually met with the CISA, CISA Cybersecurity Advisory Board Committee, uh, to get their help on fighting information that was coming out about the 2020 election in Maricopa County. Uh, Richer even suggested that the government agency should collude with media outlets like Fox and CNN with boot camps. God, guys. Okay. All right. Now the question is what? are people gonna do about it okay previously stephen richard tweeted that electronic tabulation and voter registration information played a role in the biggest cybersecurity threat to our elections in the 2022 elections voting machine failures at over 30 percent of polling locations in maricopa county left voters disenfranchised and unable to vote Stephen Richer wrote, it looks like this is what, from Twitter, the biggest cyber threat to our election is at the county level. I would agree, sir. The biggest uh, threat to our freedom is at the county level because uh, we're just barely learning to take the county back. Okay. Um, from electronic tabulation equipment to online voter registration info, local election officials have an enormous responsibility to protect our elections from interference. And uh, again, that's what he tweeted. And then we have this, what, Arizona works to prevent hackers from tampering with 2020 elections. Oh, I'm guessing this is where CISA shows up, right? The Cyber Infrastructure and Security Agency. Mm-hmm. According to the report, Mr. Richer suggested that CISA hold boot camps for media representatives um, such as Fox News or CNN to enhance a media's understanding of how elections are administered, as well as work with members of Congress to reach the information leaders. This may explain why Maricopa County refused to allow the Gateway Pundit to attend the 2022 election press conferences and report on election information. We are not invited to a narrative boot camp. Interesting, huh? However, the Gateway Pundit recently reported that the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals granted an emergency injunction and ordered Maricopa County, Arizona to issue a press pass to TGP's Arizona correspondent, Jordan Conradison. Wow, that's pretty crazy, guys. Jeez Louise, huge legal win for Gateway Pundit and the First Amendment, massive win for independent journalists. That is amazing. Congratulations. And you know what? Dually, 
deserved, right? This was a huge win for our First Amendment. The Gateway Pundit also reported that Katie Hobbs asked Twitter to silence her critics on top of her running her own election and threatening to jail county supervisors if they did not certify her corrupt election win. Carrie Lake's Twitter page is still being censored, likely to prevent lawsuits and information about the rigged 2022 election from being shared. You know, guys, I had no idea that Carrie Lake's Twitter page was being silenced. Care to explain, Mr. Musk? <laughs> Anyways, okay. You know he doesn't care to. Okay, so uh, what's this? Let's keep moving on, guys. Can Arizona's elections get any more corrupt? Oh, but they can. <laughs> Trump attorney and uh, right side broadcasting network reporter Christina Bob shared a thread revealing this new bombshell information about Maricopa County's attempts to control the narrative. Well, look at what we found. Turns out at CISA.gov has been collaborating with Maricopa County's at Stephen Richer to censor election information. And you, Stephen Richer, has a Twitter. I'm so going to go pick on him about his comb over. Okay, anyways. Uh, with Maricopa County at Stephen Richer to censor election information and keeping it from the public. Notice it's marked F-O-U-O. Richard also started a super PAC to take down election deniers. We know uh, CISAGOV worked with big tech to alter the narrative around elections. This proves they were doing it with the intent to keep their activities hidden from the public. At Stephen Richard cooperated with federal agencies cooperating with big tech to manipulate elections. Maricopa County's election is already highly suspect. Now we have documented proof that the man partially responsible for the records was actively working with the federal agency at CISA.gov and part of the DHS.gov to manipulate the outcome of the elections he ran without disclosing it. Okay, guys. All right. Okay. So we got, okay. What does this give us here? What does this give us here? This gives us the crooks and the felons and the frauds and the thieves and the traitors on the ground in Maricopa County. Okay. Now we have a link to the federal government. Yay. Okay. That's what we've been, we, we've been needing a link. Okay. What do we need now? We need a link between the dirty money of CTCL and any Democrat operative. Okay. <laughs> That's what we need right now. Okay. Uh, and then we can start to take down the corrupt DNC. Uh, with any luck, the corrupt rhinos linked to uh, Democrat operatives. Uh, and with any luck, the federal agency, whom are obviously connected to Democrat op operatives. Hmm. Maybe not so obviously, but one can hope and dream and pray that uh, that light will come out of the darkness that has buried it because it's got to be there. The connection between the money of CTCL and a Democrat operative or a government agency is bound to exist, ladies and gentlemen, when you have... Uh, as much money as uh, Zuckerberg and Chan pumped into elections, someone's going to screw up, okay? Someone's going to screw up, and they're going to put CTCL and slap it on the check that they hand over to, uh, I don't know, Ruby Freeman or Andrea Shea Moss, right? Someone who 
is uh, on camera doing something. It's bound to exist, ladies and gentlemen. And I'm not just saying that to will it into existence, but the likelihood that the money that was used from CTCL or any of those organizations, let's not forget, even Arnold Schwarzenegger donated money in the Valley of Texas, all right, for elections and for getting out the vote that no one seems to be... Uh, you know, um, uh, investigating. Okay. So uh, on top of that, you had all of the other uh, people who were making these election, uh, election organizations like the CEIR, the uh, national stay at vote at home Institute, all these other organizations. Right. And, and those are just a couple of the ones that come right off the top of my head. You know, uh, that's not even all of them, you know, so that connection, that link invaluable and must be found guys. It's gotta be there. It's got to be there. Um, let us, uh, let's see what else here. So these are the Christina Bob. Um, and I actually had that over here too. Let me pull up one second. Give me one minute. Okay. Let me pull up her. Uh, let me pull this up real quick for you guys. So we can take a, a closer look at it. I find it totally crazy that, um, in the 1930s, Time Magazine awarded Man of the Year to a Nazi, right? And then in 2222 or 2220, in the year 2220, anyways, though, and the year 2022, what do we got? We got, we got, we got the Time Magazine awarding Man of the Year to a Nazi supporter, a Nazi enthusiast, a Nazi uh, sympathizer who's probably a Nazi himself, anyways. Just saying. Okay. It popped up in my web browser. That's why. Okay. All right. Uh, here, let's take a look at Christina Bob's page. Okay. So let's check this out. What are these documentations here, guys? Oh, let's take a look at this. Okay. Now, this is uh, the CISA Cybersecurity Advisory Committee Protecting Critical Infrastructure for Misinformation and Disinformation Subcommittee Briefer Biography. Mr. Steven lives in denial, mangy, uh, ginger comb-over, Richer, County Recorder, Maricopa, Arizona. Steven Richer is a Maricopa County Recorder in Phoenix, Arizona. He was selected in November 2020 and assumes office in, uh, do you see that? Oh, he was elected. I said selected. Uh, 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 uh. Anyways, uh, as recorder, Steven runs an office of 165 full-time employees and is responsible for the recording of public documents, the county's voter registration database of 2.6 million voters and the administration of the county's election, 62% of the voting population of Arizona. Prior to beginning his term as recorder, Stephen worked as a lawyer and a business person. Stephen was named Republican Politician of the Year 2021 by some shim-sham flim-flams Phoenix New Times and Arizonan of the Year 2021 by the Arizona uh, Republic. Uh, isn't that the one that uh, Carrie Lake has a funny name for? Anyways, um, uh, Stephen holds a blah, 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 blah. Okay, so uh, there's a little bit about Stephen Richard there. Not much to love there. Okay, what's next? Uh, protecting Critical Infrastructure from Misinformation and Disinformation Subcommittee. March 29th, 2022, guys. It's not that far away. 
Purpose of the meeting, the purpose of the CISA Cybersecurity Advisory Committee Protecting Critical Infrastructure from Misinformation and Disinformation Subcommittee meeting was to hear a brief from Mr. Stephen Richard, County Recorder in Maricopa, Arizona, on current election processes and needs among election officials, and to discuss CISA's role in the MDM space. Uh, subcommittee members also heard a brief from Ms. Kim Wyman, Senior Election Security Lead CISA, on CISA's uh, current election-specific actions to combat. I'm guessing that's misinformation, disinformation, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah, it says that. MDM. MDMA? Misinformation and Disinformation Association? Uh, let's see here. So uh, the rest of this goes through here. It talks about uh, discussions, who's here, who's what. Oh, these are like literally like the minutes, it looks like. Mr. Richard thanked the subcommittee for their partnership to ensure safe, secure, and reliable elections across the country by fighting current and emerging dis. Do you think Stephen Richard really sat up there and he said that? He's like, I'd like to thank the subcommittee for their partnership to ensure safe, secure, and reliable elections across the country by fighting current and emerging misinformation and disinformation threats and providing an overview on my background. <laughs> Anyways, okay, so uh, let's see what's next here. Oh, look at, here's where they call it the Gateway Pundit. Mr. Richer walked the subcommittee through three examples to illustrate situations his office is currently facing to include misinformation. A news release by Gateway Pundit provided factually inaccurate reporting announcing that Maricopa County elections officials held an unannounced meeting at the Election and Tabulation Center. This meeting was, in fact, a publicly announced tour with members of the public and legislators from both parties. Disinformation, a doctored image tweet of an election management server room depicted to suggest the server was connected to the internet to manipulate the election results. The server was in fact air-gapped, only accessible to three people and hardwired without internet connections, which we'll never know because of the whole router situation. The image was doctored from a photo taken from the live stream cameras and was easily disproved, which I never saw anything that disproved that. Did you guys? Let's see what's next. Uh, let's see how huh? misinformation abuse of Arizona's permissive public records process in 2019. Maricopa County received 30 to 40 public records requests in 2021. They received over 350 requests, ranging from requests to produce everything related to the 2020 election to all email communications related to elections to all rules and processes on how the elections are administered. This example highlights how individuals can use lawful means to burden a system already stretched thin. Oh, you mean using the bureaucratic process to gum up the works, Richer? Mr. Richer expressed concerns that if the elections landscape continues like this, the pressure of his staff will continue to build and it will become difficult to perform statutory responsibilities needed to establish the theft that they would like to occur. After cautioning the subcommittee on the current and emerging problems among election officials, Mr. Richer identified opportunities for CISA's support. These opportunities included educate the public and determine how people are manipulating the public's understanding of the truth, funding and resources, intelligence and metrics, partnership with social media, and share best practices on pre-bunking. How about pre-debunking? Moron. Mr. Richard shared his current uh, efforts of releasing information on websites, educating poll workers, and calling out 
misinformation, disinformation posts online. Mr. Richard thanks the subcommittee for their support and opened the meeting to questions. Interesting. So it uh, looks like here uh, you had a little bit of feedback from the members that deliberated on this subcommittee. Miss Suzanne Spaulding, Senior Advisor of Homeland Security and Director of the Defending Democratic Institution Center for Strategic and International Studies. You know, she's a globalist, right? She asked Mr. Richard to evaluate the credibility of the federal government and CISA in rumor control. Mr. Richard notes that CISA's credibility and the credibility of the federal government is lowest with populations most in need of assistance and most in disbelief of the accuracy of the 2020 elections results. Damn right it is. You damn right it is, girl. You damn right, Suzanne Spaulding. You better damn believe that the population is most uh, is most in need of assistance and most in disbelief in the accuracy of the 2020 election results. You better believe it, girl. Hey, at least she has her pulse on a America, right? <laughs> hey, Suzanne Spaulding has her pulse on America. She understands that we don't believe any of those rats over there in the federal government about our elections, least of all CISA. Whenever you had the, uh, what the first head was at that, uh, what was that guy's name again? Anyways, no matter what, he was fired, fired on the spot. You're fired. Okay. He was fired because he lied, right? Anyhow, so, um, Interesting. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad she has. I'm glad she's living in reality land. I'm glad she understands that the grassroots, the people of America, the voters don't believe them worth a damn. I'm glad. I'm glad she understands that. OK, that's why she I mean, that's why she's probably like, uh, Mr. Richer, uh, you come to us asking for help and uh, you come to us asking to uh, help influence the media and the public. Uh, here, uh, take the survey. Exactly how much faith do you think the American people have in the federal government right now, you idiot? <laughs> She's like, you're wasting my time and yours, Mr. Richard. They don't trust us. They know CISA's number is up. Okay, even though Trump made the organization, they're very well aware the first head of the organization was a traitor to this nation and lied about the security of elections in 2020, and it was all a con job. Yeah, Americans don't trust CISA or the DHS, okay? <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> this is hilarious, y'all. This is hilarious. Okay. <laughs> Mr. Richard suggested that local citizens within the communities remain the most trusted sources of information and, and uh, upheld the credibility of main media institutions, social media companies such as Twitter and Facebook, and encourage the business community to mobilize and share information from CISA. How do you think Stephen Richard feels with everything that's happening with the Twitter storm, ladies and gentlemen? I'm just asking. Okay. Ms. Spaulding identified a potential recommendation to CISA to better consider what audiences they are targeting in their messaging and information campaigns. Uh, Mr. Richard suggested that CISA hold boot camps for re-education. Uh, I mean, for re for media representatives such as Fox News. I, Fox News don't need a boot camp for this. They're on board with you, Richard. Hello. <laughs> Neither does CNN. CNN's the one who's been giving you the talking points, you moron. Okay. Oh, goodness. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, as well as work with members of Congress. Okay. <laughs> wow, ladies and gentlemen, could this get any more damning? Right? Okay. That's not Michael Moore, Michael Moore, right? Okay. 
<laughs> yeah. What was that guy's name again? I can't remember. I used it's like it's like a it's like a single syllable first and last name, right? Single syllable first and last name. It was like crack, crack, crant or crack or I don't know. Was, was it crack? I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> okay, I know that's not the Michael Moore I'm thinking of. Anyways, okay. Um okay, so you know, there's the rest of this. So I mean, we pretty much got the idea, guys, right? I don't think we need to go through the rest of this document. Uh, this was the last page anyways. So I guess I could have had some integrity, right? Anyways, I was playing with you guys. So uh, let's uh, let's let's hop back over to the article from uh, uh, the Gateway Pundit over here because they weren't done yet, I don't think. Okay. All right. Uh, so then we had Carrie Lake War Room called for a revote in Arizona, right? Tweeting every aspect of this election was subverted and manipulated to destroy Arizona first. If the process was illegitimate, then so are the results. Uh, kind of reflected of President Trump's statement, right? That everyone seems to be attacking right now or, you know, that we're using to be able to spot more traitors, okay? Every aspect of this election was subverted, right? And manipulated to destroy Arizona first. Stephen Richer even mentioned the Gateway Pundit by name in his meeting with CISA from the uh, CSAC report. And of course, we already read this guy, so we don't need to read it again. But that was the purpose of the meeting, right? For County Recorder um, Richer, who lives in denial, but somehow is still in Arizona. He lives in denial, Arizona, right? Uh, running to his federal overlords for help. Uh, in the discussion, Ms. Tegan Siu, uh, and we actually did not read this part, designated federal officer uh, for the SAC and the MDM committee subcommittee brought the meeting to order and turned the meeting over to chair dr kate starbird and miss kim wyman uh, dr kate starbird associate professor human centered design and engineering university of washington uh, mdm subcommittee election leads this uh, introduced mr richer that is a long title okay Acronyms, Dr. Kate Starbird. Acronyms. Okay, anyways, she introduced Stephen Richard. Uh, Mr. Richard thanked the subcommittee for their partnership. Uh, he brown-nosed a little bit. We read this part. Why, are, why does this seem backwards to me? Okay, it gives his credentials. He gave, okay, he gave his examples. We already read the examples, right? Misinformation, disinformation, misinformation. So it is now confirmed that Maricopa County colluded with federal agencies to suppress the truth about Arizona's elections. So as I was saying, ladies and gentlemen, with less than a month, we're one day shy of a month from the stolen 2022 midterm elections. Okay, less than less than a day shy of a month. Okay, Chris Krebs. Thank you, Aurelius Locke. I, I told you. I told you it was two single syllable first and last name. <laughs> Anyways, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Yeah, Chris Krebs, guys, liar. Lied through his mouth, lied through his teeth. Um, but as I was saying, uh, you know, we're looking at the 2020 elections. It took us two years to even be able to gather the amount of evidence through documentation, research, investigation of the uh, severe improprieties, right? Uh, right on borderline. You want to call it fraud? You might as well. We, I mean, we've got smoking gun. We just need a connector. I mean, all that's needed is a connector, right? All we need is a money trail. 
Um, but it took us two years to get all that information, guys. And in less than a month, we already have as much information on 2022 theft as we have on 2020 theft with some extra juicy stuff that's going to come out, guys. So can you imagine, should it take two years to correct 2022? And I dare say it's not. We might have like what? Uh, dead president signing checks over to, uh, you know, with the Maricopa County or something, right? I don't know. I mean, it's something crazy, guys. It'll be something crazy. Like, uh, that, that this is crazy, you know? This is crazy. A and maybe they'd like to use the excuse, oh, well, considering all the misinformation and disinformation from 2020, we had to get CISA involved. And you know what? The fake news media would probably run with that too. And I don't doubt it, ladies and gentlemen. I do not doubt it all right guys so that was a little bit of breaking news i thought i would share with you guys first we're an hour into the show and uh thank you all for being here again you are watching the c report this is uh america first and election integrity news that's the primary concern here it's why i went on the air and uh let's see what else we got for you guys today now typically here over at the c report uh, president trump leads ladies and gentlemen and uh, I'm sure he would not mind the fact that uh, we had uh, Arizona and Carrie Lake get in front of him today. I'm sure he would not mind at all. Uh, but let's go ahead and jump into some of our Trump truths. And real quick, I wanted to uh, thank Sean Joe again for gifting a cookie. Thank you, sir. Uh, much appreciated, sir. Helping him grow. What are you what are you going on over there about Aurelius Locke? Helping him grow. Yes, we're helping him grow. You know what? By realizing the folly of his errors. Okay. And so he's gonna be like, you know what? I should wear my crown with pride. I you know, don't shave your head, Richard. Don't do it. Okay. That looks desperate, like you're desperate to a uh, cover. It's worse than a comb over, okay? <laughs> it's worse than a comb over. Wear that crown with pride, sir. And you know what? Get right with God and uh, get right with the American people, please. Okay? Anyways. Okay. <laughs> All right. You, look what you made me go and do, Aurelius. Okay. <laughs> you, made me, you made me jump back into, uh, into richer land. Timberjet says, Musk stopped the releases because James Baker has been uh, dicking with the documents and email. Oh, I don't know about that, Timberjet, but that's an interesting assessment. Uh Let's see here. And uh, what else do we got going on before we jump into our Trump truths? Yes, Tam Growl, indeed. It was at 1933 or 1934 where Hitler uh, donned the uh, cover of Time magazine. Okay. But of course, because Kanye thinks it's cool, I'm pretty sure that uh, everyone thinks it's cool now, right? Okay. You guys, you know, you know how I feel about certain people, but I, I really think that was a hit job on Alex Jones, if you believe it or not. <laughs> a hit job on Alex Jones. Jeez Louise. Okay, anyways, they're like, they're like, we're already getting him for his free speech. Let's kick him while he's down and make him a Nazi lover too. Anyways, okay, anyway. <laughs> Isn't that crazy, guys? Isn't that crazy? Aurelius Locke, but he's Jewish. He can't talk like that. Oh, I don't know about that. Hey, Revolt84, what's going on? <laughs> Why? Wait, what's with all the shock? Uh, the shock and awe across uh, Revolt84's, uh, what do you call it? The Pepe face there is fun. Um, let's see here. 
Yes, it's all a bunch of BS and it's a bunch of CYA crap, says Tam Growl in regards to Richer and Sissa. I agree. Uh, it is definitely was not the most secure election in history. That's what Chris Krebs said, or at least in Tam Growl on the, uh, the, the team up there. Good job, guys. Good job. Teamwork makes the dream work. Okay, let's get on to President Trump's truths because we are already an hour into the show. Uh, we have a few today, not many, but they, and, and they, interesting enough, they're all, uh, yeah, single to double sentences. Here's the first one. The greatest witch hunt. It looks so small to me. The greatest witch hunt of all time continues over and over again. And the people of this country are not going to take it much longer. A giant political scam. Yeah, that's right. Because even though it might seem like uh, we are few and they are many, uh, just think about it. The ones that are the few are the ones that are effective enough to get something done in society. So I'm not really worried about the ones who are many. But the fact of the matter is, guys, uh, more and more every day, every month, every week, every week, every month going and going on, um, we are becoming the, the many. Whether whether or not you consider we to be conservatives or Republicans, which I don't, I consider we to be the American people, right? Regardless of political party, we are many. They are few, okay? And I think that is the truth that is rising, at least in my heart it is, guys. I don't know about yours. Our country is in big trouble. What? A mess. Ooh, it's not too often that you get that uh, all caps double statement back to back. You guys know what that all caps means, right? <laughs> no, no. Unlike some individuals, I don't think that is a symptom of uh, uh, mental uh, degradation, ladies and gentlemen. Now, here's another good, this is another, I told you these were, they're brief, they're quick, they're to the point. Uh, this this statement was good, though, because um, I had seen, I guess it was, it, it, well, obviously, it was either CNN or MSNBC, right? And uh, they had so proudly displayed on their television the 20 endorsed candidates from 2022 midterms that lost, right? And I was like, wow, there's like 20 of them up there, right? And you could squeeze them on your screen, CNN or MSNBC or whomever it was that was doing this, right? Yeah, so I see it's like you could squeeze that on your screen. But why don't you show how many endorsements President Trump actually won? Probably because you could not squeeze that on your screen. So how many endorsements did President Trump actually win from the midterm 2022? Try 232 to 20, all right? I'll take those odds, America. How about you? 232 endorsements for the midterm races were won by President Trump. You're not going to be able to squeeze all those faces on the screen. I couldn't squeeze all those faces on my screen. You think I would even try? I'll just put in bold numbers. 232, right? Like right there. 232 out of 252 midterm races won. Who had my endorsement? And the fake news is working over time to try and what? Create the most negative narrative possible. 
oh, Trump world is burning down. Oh, Trump is in a deep, dark depression. Oh, everyone's turning on Trump. Oh, his base hates him. Oh, this, this, and that. Yeah, all demoralization campaigns, all demonization campaigns. And God bless that the people of America can see right through it. I say that because you notice how quick the MSM is changing their narrative. I mean, one minute it's this, one minute it's that, the next minute it's this, the next minute it's back to that. I mean, they cannot even get a narrative with a shelf life of what? I mean, uh, I think of something that goes quick, guys. <laughs> they can't even get the narrative with the shelf life of a Tetsy fly, guys. Like, it's that bad. Like, they have to change their story or bring up something new. Every like every other day, you know, and that's why now they're on this constitution kick, which is actually almost a week removed, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, but they're 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 finally getting their uh, talking heads to catch up with it. They're finally getting their uh, puppets in um, in uh, Washington D.C. and in the the state houses to catch up with that uh, that narrative they're trying to push. Okay. Did I finish reading his statement? <laughs> I don't feel like I did. Okay, so uh, the fake news is working overtime to try and create the most negative narrative possible. No, the real reasons were other than Trump, and I can name them all. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That was the uh, completion of that statement. Okay, next statement. I think this is the last one. I think this is the last one. Okay. Uh, goes this way. Being a rhino in the Republican Party, Dade Phelan, Speaker of the House of Texas, is like living in the past. Nothing good comes from them. Make America great again. I can't believe I did not retruth that. Here, let's do it. Good old style, right? What is it? Rhino hunting season. We tag them and we drag. Wait, let's do it like this. Drag them. <laughs> That's how we do it in Texas, y'all. Okay. All right. Let me, uh, there we go. I like it. Okay. <laughs> the only things we bag are their political careers. Bam. Okay. Yeah. All right, guys. Rhino hunting season. Okay. I know. I know. I know. How could we talk about rhino hunting season without the customary alert? Ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I know I got a plate for you guys. I got a plate for you guys. All right. Okay. <laughs> what are you putting? Oh, do I? Oh, yeah, that's right. I did have an Alex Jones sticker, didn't I? Okay. Anyways. All righty, y'all. So, yes. Yes. Being a rhino in the Republican Party. How could I not have liked that? Being a rhino in the Republican Party uh, is like living in the past. Oh, because this one was new. That's why. Uh, nothing good comes from them. Ladies and gentlemen, nothing good comes from them. Okay. All right. Let's jump into this next PSYOP. 
that's been spinning around uh, the mainstream, lamestream, shame stream, fake news, legacy, mockingbird, propaganda media, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the, the, the newest fake news psyop is that uh, President Trump wants to destroy the Constitution. <laughs> What the heck? Uh, President Trump wants to just dismantle it. He wants to get rid of it. He's like, you know what? If I can't win elections, no one's going to have America. Rah! And then he goes like Nancy Pelosi on it, right? Like this just ripping up that parchment. Okay. <laughs> you know what this really is, guys, is this is a direct affront to anyone who can read above third grade level. Okay. <laughs> Like, you couldn't read President Trump's statement and not figure out that he wasn't trying to say he wants to dissolve the Constitution. Like, what kind of uh, idiots do I even need to ask that question, right? Clearly, they take us for idiots and dolts. In fact, anyone who were to use this point against President Trump would be, uh, well, either it would be a direct symptom of their desperation or a direct symptom of their ignorance or stupidity, guys. In fact, if someone were to be like, oh, yeah, well, President Trump wants to dissolve the Constitution and get rid of it, I'd be like, damn, you're dumber than I thought you were, okay? But, like, yeah, that's what I'm saying, guys. Like, we can't read, okay? They already rely on us. They already trust in us not to read. But now they're saying, what was that again, Curtis Cross? I'm not illiterate, but I'm alliterate, right? There's a big difference there, guys. Okay. Now, if you choose to be illiterate, alliterate, that's your choice, okay? If you are illiterate, that's a totally different thing, okay? Now, America, are you illiterate or are you alliterate? I would like to know because apparently the mainstream media thinks you're both, okay? <laughs> apparently the mainstream media thinks that you cannot figure out words. But then again, most of America has problems trying to use the words then and than correctly in sentences. They just can seem to figure out, you know, time versus comparison, but whatever. Okay, I guess that's how they can get away with statements like this. And that's how the mainstream media can get away with you looking stupid America whenever you decide to pick up one of their PSYOP attacks out of desperation to use it against people who just care about this nation. Fake news PSYOP of desperation insults Americans' intelligence and reading level. What the heck are you talking about, Mr. C? See, this is why <laughs> this is why I had to this is why I had to turn the Carrie Lake America First uh Gorka show off because this is like uh, this is tonight's topic. One of tonight's topics is exactly so. Uh, and it, if you guys would like, I could actually stop and pull up Carrie and she can read this to us guys. <laughs> I would prefer it, but uh here's President Trump's statement that everyone is just going ham over. So, uh, with the revelation of massive and widespread fraud and deception in working closely with big tech companies, the DNC and the Democrat Party, do you throw the presidential election results of 2020 out and declare the rightful winner? Or do you have a new election? A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Our great founders did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections. 
So, uh, shall we put our thinking caps on, ladies and gentlemen? Shall we uh, do comprehensive reading tests at this moment? All right, guys, in an essay question of no more than 500 words, please explain to me exactly what President Trump meant by this statement. Time starts now. Dang it, I don't have a Jeopardy uh, TikTok song. Okay, <laughs> so uh, JK, guys, JK. So, you know, I mean, come on, come on, come on. Where on earth do you see shred the Constitution? Oh, is it this line here? A massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules regulations and articles and those found is do you think that he said okay now now here's where the mainstream shame stream mainstream fake news mockingbird propaganda legacy press is so retarded retarded okay they are a retard ladies and gentlemen because if 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 if, if i'm not trying to sound like obama here if 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 if, if if this statement were be take, to be taken the way they want it to be intended, they've already contradicted themselves. You know why? Because they're using this statement to attack President Trump, demonize him, and uh, screw up his base into thinking that he's suddenly against the Constitution. But in order for the mainstream media to get this argument to be effective in that context, then the mainstream media would have to admit to election fraud, okay? Because it says, a massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Get Trump because he said there's fraud, and so yes, to take down the Constitution, okay? And now, if Trump were really to go through with a statement and in that context, guys, that's the only way it could happen. And, you know, if the mainstream media were really, uh, you know, uh, up on their game, guys, and you know, you know, you know, okay, guys, <laughs> if they were really up on their game, you know, there's no way that that type of an argument would fly. But again, they are depending on the ignorance, uh, the apathy of Americans the disengagement, if you will, to pull off shim sham flim flam wrap up smear campaigns like this. And I mean, granted, there's not a lawsuit involved in this one, but there's definitely a bunch of mud. <laughs> and uh, just to get uh, low information and easily impressionable people uh, with either uh, new new talking points or uh, new reasons to exist, right? But everyone knows that upon close examination of a sentence like that, what President Trump is trying to say is that when massive fraud of that, of that type and magnitude occurs, yeah, that does allow for the termination of rules, regulations, and articles. Because what do you think happens when uh, you break the Constitution, okay? When you, uh, you, you criminally steal our elections, you have terminated all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. That's exactly what massive fraud allows in this country, okay? And if President Trump does not mean that, I would say he means that fraud vitiates everything. And that's that those are my two points on that. OK, so you can take it any way you want to dissect it. But nowhere in here does this statement say that President Trump wants to terminate the Constitution. 
What this was extremely effective for, though, however, aside from making the mainstream media look exceedingly more desperate than they already do, was uh, drawing out more traders. Wow, isn't that amazing, guys? It seems like every single pitfall they put President Trump into, it just brings out more snakes, right? More snakes. They're like, oh, here's our next opportunity. America is going to catch on to this one. America is going to believe Trump's a traitor because he wants to uh, suspend the Constitution and now they'll be on our side quick. Let's show them who we are. Thank you for showing us who you are, traitors. Some of us are watching and some of us really, really mean it when we're calling you traitors, okay? All right. We're not going to we're not going to we're not going to piddle paddle, you know, with your little feetsies here. OK. All right. We're not. OK. No footsies with traders, guys. Uh, now, I am not calling my Texas senators traders. OK. But when we're talking about reading level. OK. And we're talking about context. OK. And comprehensive understanding, like, uh, you know. Thinking. Would you please sit down, Ted Cruz? Okay, please don't make Texans look any stupider than we already do for accepting our state house as rhinos and allowing them to uh, betray us every uh, legislative session. Ted Cruz, okay? I know you're not a state senator, Cruz, uh, but you're still making us look pretty dumb here, okay? So Cruz has to, what does Ted Cruz do? Okay, I mean, well, actually, it's not as bad as John Cornyn, okay? The traitor John Cornyn, okay? That rhino... His, his number's way up, guys. The traitor John Cornyn. But Cruz, <laughs> Cruz, who has been doing a lot for America First in the last five to six years, okay? Cruz has to dignify the statement by saying, of course Trump was wrong to call for terminating the Constitution. Aren't you a lawyer, Cruz? Shouldn't you know better than that? Anyways, United States Senator Ted Cruz condemned the comment. And you know what? Maybe this was not even a condemnation, but of course the media is going to run with it like it was, right? Anyways, this is from the Houston Chronicle. So, of course, it's going to be peppered with bias. All right. Uh, it says, but he also said that reporters were overblowing the story, which is true, and should instead focus on what matters. Senator John Cornyn, he who is all the way on the dark side, has already said that we should, uh, the move was irresponsible. Because Cornyn is a traitor, okay? Cornyn wants us to send all our money to Ukraine to support Nazis over there, guys. Cornyn wants to replace the 4th of July with uh, Juneteenth, ladies and gentlemen. Cornyn does not believe in America. He needs to go worse than anyone does. U.S. Senator Ted Cruz denounced former, pre their words not mine, President Donald Trump for suggesting a termination of the Constitution in order to overturn the 2020 election, while also framing the comment as an over-sensationalized distraction. The Texas Republican offered his remarks three days after Trump's initial comment and after prodding from reporters. Oh, listen, of course, what he said was wrong. Ugh, Cruz, you moron. OK, but I also think the media is engaged in a feeding frenzy. Cruz, you're right. I've never seen reporters so excited as to run up to every Republican and say, please, please, please attack Donald Trump. You haven't seen that, Cruz? Are you kidding me? Where you been the last six years? Anyways, well, I forgot the first time he was running against him. Cruz, a self-identified constitutionalist who prides himself on having memorized the Constitution as a youth, clearly cannot read context for a damn. And he made the comment after Trump called in a truth social uh, post Saturday for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles. You see how that is totally uh, cherry-picked, ladies and gentlemen? 
that's not even what he said. Isn't it amazing how taking out one or two words totally destroys the context of that statement? And and I say that like in comparison to like sound bites and stuff like that, where they uh, they clip and they cherry pick what sound bites they want to use and they put them together. All I had to do was take out uh, allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, and uh, well, you got yourself a stew going, right? With Ted Cruz and uh, John. <laughs> okay, Trump's post was a major escalation in his false claim. I don't even care about this, like with this uh, false claim. Uh, that there was an orchestrated scheme. Well, you know what, Houston Chronicle, you're a little bit behind on the news, okay? All right, uh, let's see here. Or or they're willfully ignorant or they're um, complicit. Uh, several other Senate Republicans quickly repudiated the president's post, including U.S. Senator uh, Rhino John Cornyn, who called Trump's remarks irresponsible. Cornyn added the Truth Social post could harm Trump's chance of becoming the Republican presidential nominee in 2024. Not that that's what you want, Cornyn. Uh, before his Tuesday interview, Cruz had largely demurred on directly addressing Trump when asked about the Truth Social post, instead emphasizing the authority of the Constitution. In a statement responding to whether he believes the Constitution should be terminated, he bluntly said, of course not. Of course not. Okay, so <laughs> I'm gonna leave... Uh, this little embarrassing article behind now, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and leave that embarrassing article. Here's another one. I mean, these are the things that you're going to see across the board. This is Newsweek. Trump's constitution remarks present terrifying future legal expert. Who's the legal expert anyway? So let me say, this is just uh, your latest PSYOP, right? This is, this demoralization campaign against President Trump, ladies and gentlemen. Here's your next witch hunt, all right? Just not in the court of law, but in the court of public opinion. They want him in either court, so as long as it's rigged and it's a kangaroo. Uh, just a quick glance at some of the articles you can find on searching that. Now, of course, they're going to use this also to demonize any Trump supporters. For example, you see... Uh, Paul Gosar here endorsing Trump's call to terminate the Constitution. You know, I wouldn't doubt that it was someone like, yeah, I don't know. You know, I heard, I cannot prove, I cannot confirm, but I heard Paul Gosar's Twitter account, along with Mark Fincham's Twitter account, used to be run by the likes of Ali Akbar. Uh, some of you guys might know who that is. But anyways, I've heard, just saying. So yeah, they're going, and I heard Gosar, Never mind. Okay. I heard Gosar, and what am I saying? Gosar's here being attacked. Okay. Uh, he deleted the tweet apparently, uh, but look, let, let's get past Gosar because they're going to use this to, to demonize any Trump supporters or any America first people. Okay. So uh, your the rest of your article, Trump's constitutional remarks uh, put McConnell GOP on defense. Okay. You know what? We already knew he was a traitor. Nothing new there, right? Uh, why Trump's termination of the Constitution demanding reinstatement or do-over has set off alarms, okay? They say it was a PR blunder, right? No, I think he's just uh, fishing out all the traitors. Uh, for Trump, the Constitution is malleable or malleable. Uh, and there's the Cruz article. Let's see here. What else we got? Uh, Trump's Constitution remarks present terrifying futures. Trump called to cancel Constitution response. Uh, GOP slowly begins to condemn Trump's call to terminate Constitution, but many remain silent. We already knew this was what, you know what, maybe we didn't know this, okay? I still hold that the GOP is going to, uh, 
The GOP is going to ban Donald Trump from running for president. I said this six months ago, okay? They're going to ban him. They're going to find anything. I mean, we've got until 2024 now, don't we? Okay. All right. I mean, we're still working on 2020. And God willing, it will get fixed before 2024. Okay. Because of 2022. But we still have until 2024 for the GOP to totally betray Trump. Okay. We're getting to the point that I want to make a bet on it, guys. Okay. (laughs) Especially more of these stories are coming out, guys. Six months ago, I told you. The GOP is going to betray Trump and they're going to prohibit him from running for office on their party ticket. Let's see what happens, right? Okay. With these stories coming out, with all these traitors just jumping out of the bound just one month after the election, can you talk about shooting off your wad too soon, guys? You know? Uh, These guys have absolutely no strategy. They were just hungry. They were just thirsty to betray this man. Look at Candace Owens. She did it on the night of elections, didn't she? You know, like all these people, you know, all of them, the most obvious and pathetic ones betrayed them on the first night, which was election night. Okay. And it was all orchestrated. You could tell. Take a, take a step back and look at it, guys. Take a step back and look at how everything is moving. Okay. And you can see it. I guarantee Mitch McConnell hits Donald Trump over call for termination of the United States Constitution. Trump claims grounds for termination of the United States Constitution. GOP leaders silent so far on Trump's call for termination of the Constitution's rules. White House asks Republicans to condemn Trump remarks for uh, on the United States Constitution. Donald Trump versus United States Constitution. Trump refutes claims he wants to terminate the... Okay, so that one's actually a good one. <laughs> well, actually, I don't know if it's a good one, but it's a nice headline, right? Trump refutes claims he wants to terminate the Constitution. If I were Trump, I'd be like, you think the American people can't read or what? (laughs) Shame on you, Legacy Press, and shame on you uh, celebrities, right, who wrote on this wave of uh, Trump wants to destroy the Constitution. Hear how Pence reacted to Trump's call to terminate the... I don't care how how Pence reacted. White House presses GOP leaders to condemn Trump comments on terminating Constitution. So it goes on and on. Senate Republicans peel away from Trump after constitution termination comments. Oh, let's look at this one real quick. What, uh, unless it's just, you know, like McConnell or something, uh, what Senate Republicans do you think betrayed him, right? This is, this is the perfect time for betrayals, guys. Let's, let's, let's bask in the glory of these idiots showing us who they are, playing their hand too soon. You know what? Because we knew they existed. We knew there were traitors in the mist. So we're not going to get upset when they show us who they are. What we're going to do is we're going to double down. What we're going to do is we're going to strengthen our resolve. That's what we're going to do. Okay. It's not going to hurt us anymore. We're not going to get hurt when our heroes betray us. Okay. Because we're beyond that now, guys. We're beyond our heroes betrayal. Okay. Uh, Let's see. It says here, prominent Senate Republicans are distancing themselves from President Trump and his 2024 campaign. Um, let's see here. We know where the skepticism comes from. We got, uh, I'm at a loss for words. We need more Juneteenth, says John Cornyn of Texas. Okay. All right. We know you want more of that. Um, Cornyn was far from alone. Give me a list of traitors, ladies and gentlemen. Look, there's that traitor, John Cornyn, right? John Cornyn of Texas. Let's see here. I just think in the end, he will not end up running because of the polling, says Senator Rob Portman of Ohio. That trend line is not positive. Uh, that He could say one month into 
the 2022 elections. God, he must have some foresight. Uh, Senator John Thune of South Dakota said, we just, uh, he said, uh, it's just one of those intuitively obvious things, whether a candidate for office has sort of a bedrock principle. Are you going to support the Constitution? For him, it's not all that unusual, but it will be the grist and plenty of fodder for those that are looking to get in that race. Thune told the outlet he, of course, disagrees with Trump, but declined to say whether he would support Trump if he turned out to be the nominee. Senator Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania argued to Politico that Trump's candidacy will fall on its own merits, especially after the disastrous performance of his candidates. All 232 of them, Toomey? <laughs> 20 down, 232 good. Really, Toomey? Yeah. Uh, what an idiot. Okay, so uh, another person who disrespects the people, right? And uh, clearly has no concept of uh, open-sourced information. <laughs> what a hopeless, hopeless, hopeless individual. Okay, let's see here. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I still have this Texas line up here. My bad. Here, let me move it back to this one. <laughs> Psyop. Okay. All right. Ah, oh, is that Toomey? Bleh. No, it's John Thune. That's John Thune. Of course he... Of course John Thune is a freaking uh, dinosaur uh, lifelong uh, politician. Of course he's a career politician. Of course he is. It makes sense he'd be a career politician and say stuff like that. Uh, where do we leave off here? Toomey says the facts of the election in 2022 are just indisputable. Yeah, that's right, Toomey. It was stolen. And he's from Pennsylvania. He should know better, okay? The ultra-pro-Trump handpicked by Trump based on loyalty to Trump, those candidates wildly underperformed. All 252 of them, right? <laughs> Let's see. Trump brought up his attack on the Constitution in response to the the way they frame it. Um, let's see here. I don't care to read their analysis on his statement because it's false anyways. That statement is false as well. Isn't it funny out of 252, right? 252. He lost 20, and the majority of them were in Arizona. <laughs> I don't know if that's more of a coincidence than it should be. Oh, God. I wish I hadn't read this. Okay. <laughs> I read this. Look at. Mr. Musk says, the Constitution is greater than any president. End of story. Oh, ho, 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 ho. I'm Mr. Musk. <laughs> oh, guys. I need a Mr. Musk meme. Okay. Anyways. Okay. Or, or sticker. I'll figure one out. It's okay. All right. We're done with this, guys. Okay. All right. Oh, wait. No, we're not done with it. My bad. <laughs> Uh, let's take a look at something that's a little bit more reasonable, right? More reasonable. Do I have a, a banner for this? Maybe not. 
Either way, uh, let's see what President Trump, well, we know what President Trump said. Let's take um, a reasonable examination of the words, though. Let's uh, check this article out here, guys. I pulled for you. This is from the AmericanThinker.com. Did Trump really call to terminate the Constitution? Following Twitter's release last Friday of shocking revelations of collusion between the deep state and big tech to censor news about Hunter Biden's laptop from hell, Donald Trump took to Truth Social and what followed may have been another Charlottesville moment among the media, other Trump haters, and more. From CNN, Trump calls for the termination of the Constitution in Truth Social Post over at Axios. A few hours ago, the leader of the Republican Party, Donald Trump, called for destroying the Constitution and making himself a dictator. Did you guys see that anywhere? <laughs> the offending language from Trump's social media post was, a massive fraud of this type and magnitude allows for the termination of all rules, regulations, and articles, even those found in the Constitution. Trump also included the admonition that our great founders did not want and would not condone false and fraudulent elections. Those who believe that Trump is evil and ignorant will, of course, read what they want to in his post, regardless of his intent and the actual meaning. Had Trump actually called to terminate the Constitution as anti-Trumpers would lead the gullible to believe, he would have lost his constitutional conservative base, and he knows that. Monday, however, a more level-headed journalist, uh, Byron York, tweeted instead, Question, what do you think is the most accurate way to describe what Trump called for in the Truth Social post below? The predisposed anti-Trump crowd chose to read allow for as advocating for termination of laws governing elections, because that's probably the way that they would mean it, right? Those governing laws include Article 2, Section 1 of the United States Constitution, which provides for the unique role of state legislature, not state bureaucracies or bureaucrats, to set the presidential election laws. Indeed, and that's interesting that how this is all very interrelated, guys, because I believe that's going to take us right into our next story. Indeed, constitutional arguments presented before January 6, 2021, which unfortunately have been largely misreported by the corporate press and overshadowed by other issues, are grounded in efforts to prevent false and fraudulent elections. Nothing was more to be desired than that every practicable obstacle should be opposed to cabal, intrigue, and corruption. These most deadly adversaries, again, cabal, intrigue, and corruption, these most deadly adversaries of Republican government might naturally have been expected to make their approaches from more than one quarter, but chiefly from the desire in foreign powers to gain an improper ascendant in our councils. That's from the Federalist Paper 68. The key states that that key, excuse me, that key states violated Article 2, Section 1 by bypassing state legislatures in making new rules for the 2020 election did result in election law violations that swayed the outcome. Another common reading of allow for is to make something possible, as in to leave your house unlocked allows for theft. It means to give the necessary time the passage of time, or opportunity for something to happen. Reading Trump's comment in that context brings a very different meaning to his social media post from a call by him to terminate the Constitution. 
This reading is more plausible when one knows that Trump was briefed by some brilliant constitutional lawyers about the state fraud and constitutional issues under Article 2, Section 1, whether one agrees with their constitutional arguments or not. It was the facts, it was the acts of others that terminated the laws governing the 2020 elections, like what was seen in the Twitter revelations about collusion with big tech aiders and abettors, such as those who lied and said the laptop was Russian disinformation. That collusion enabled or allowed for a false and fraudulent election in 2020. The lies skewed the votes, polls reveal. Leftists and establishment Republicans have been systematically terminating the Constitution for decades. In Federalist 44, James Madison wrote about how the United States may eventually be prone to usurpation of constitutional law by elected officials. Yet, in the last resort, a remedy must be obtained from the people who can by the election of more faithful representatives, annul the acts of the usurpers. You guys catch that? You know, I'm not a big fan of James Madison, but hey, there's a little bit of wisdom there, okay? Madison did not even in... Oh, wait, wait. I take that back, guys. I'm thinking of Hamilton. I take that back. I stand corrected. Let the record reflect. I made an error. I'm thinking about Hamilton. You know, the Rothschild agent. Anyways, okay. Madison did not even, everyone was probably like, what? Anyways, Madison did not even envision what we now face with collusion between the deep state and mega corporations. Federalist 53 refers to the Constitution as paramount to the government, and John Marshall called it our fundamental and paramount law. Had Trump actually called for the Constitution to be broken when the Biden administration and Democrats in Congress break it every day, he'd have sealed his fate for 2024. That means they would have elected him, right? They'd have been like, elect Trump, elect Trump, right? All of a sudden, everyone would have loved Trump, you know? Anti-Trumpers are more than happy to use this new Charlottesville hoax, which is way weaker, much more weak, as a moment to distract from Elon Musk's release of the Twitter censorship. Does it have to come back to that? I guess it does for this time. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with that. All right, guys. <laughs> All right, y'all. What an interesting read that was, wouldn't you say? What an interesting read that one was. All right, guys. Hope you guys are doing good out there. Oh, man, we're almost at the top of the second hour. Where did the time go, y'all? I think it went into Cary Lake and uh, updates on Arizona. Maricopa County. Still happening, guys. It's still happening. Let me see what's up with you guys in the, the chat real quick. That's right. It means proof positive, says Tam Growl. Uh, let's see here. Uh, DM incoming, Tam Growl. Okay, all right. Uh, Timbajet says, uh, James Baker was the lead lawyer for Twatter until Elon fired him the other day. Yet the Russiagate James Baker, he sabotaged the twatter drop. Oh, that's weird. Well, you know, if he sabotaged the twatter drop, I mean, if he was working with twatter, I mean, it seems like he would be in the position to do that, no? All right, thank you for that. Yes, uh, we I read about that, the James Baker thing, but that's interesting insight as far as the drops go right there, Mr. Uh, Timbajet. 
Thank you for sharing that. Fraud makes potato leek soup out of everything. <laughs> A good one there, Mr. Aurelius Locke. Timbajet says, is six tacos too much? I had five the other day. I probably would have had another one if I had another tortilla. Anyway. <laughs> I don't overstuff my tacos, but I they're not small. Okay. It's not like little taquitos, right? It's not like a breakfast taco. Um, roadkill elk tacos were so damned good. Okay. I don't know about roadkill elk. Okay. I've never had that before, Mr. Timbajet. Is it gamey tasting? I cannot stand gamey tasting. I, I actually get sick whenever I taste gamey. You got to really season that up. Okay. Sorry, I could not eat lamb or goat. Um, Let's see here. Two rivers. They will shoot themselves in their own foot. You know many of the voters will get onto those representative members if they do. Hopefully so. James Baker thing is big. Look into it. Yes, it is. Yes, it is indeed. Yeah, we're actually, we're not done with that just yet. We actually are going to talk about that tonight. Um, we'll go into a little bit of overtime, guys. And uh, then I have, I have some decisions to make. Okay, guys. Uh, lovely AOC sticker. Where'd you get that one from, Timbajet? <laughs> okay, guys. Let us get, oh, someone's getting comfy. Awesome. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yes. Hamilton was a Rothschild agent indeed. Don't you just, uh, don't you just hate it when you get your founding fathers confused? Okay. <laughs> oh goodness. Elk is not gamey. I'm, I'm down to try it then. I am down to try elk then Timbajet. I would try it. Okay. All right, guys. All right. So here's another big story. This is also election related, ladies and gentlemen, also election related uh, and a pretty big one. You know, uh, we have the uh, the was it the Brunson Brunson, the Brunson brothers case going into the Supreme Court. We don't know yet if the Supreme Court's going to hear it, uh, but this was not the only election case that is sitting for them to consider. Uh, it appears that the Supreme Court is now hearing an election case that begs the question, when it comes to deciding who wins in elections, who has the final say? The courts or the lawmakers? Because let's not forget, just as we talked about in that last article, and just as we all know, like the back of our hand, right, like the hair of our chinny chin chin, who makes election law in these United States of America? State lawmakers, not election officials, not bureaucrats, not governors, not judges, not presidents, not priests, not popes, nobody except for lawmakers. It is their responsibility to do such things. So it's a good question to ask. And uh, could you just imagine the type of precedence that that would set forth if uh, it turns out the Supreme Court rules in um, favor of the lawmakers? Let's take a look. This is from the Epoch Times. <laughs> Supreme Court hears case that could empower state legislatures, not judges, to regulate elections. 
North Carolina Republicans told the Supreme Court on December 7th that the United States Constitution gives state legislatures preeminent authority to make the rules for presidential and congressional elections without interference from the courts. The case is important because if the high courts finds for North Carolina, the rules governing how states regulate federal elections could change dramatically. The hearing comes at a time when tensions between Republicans and Democrats over voting procedures are growing in light of President Donald Trump's continuing claims that the 2020 presidential election was marred by massive electoral fraud. At issue is the once obscure independent state legislature doctrine, under which Republicans argue that the Constitution has always directly authorized state legislatures alone to make rules for the conduct of federal elections in their respective states. Democrats say this doctrine is a fringe conservative legal theory that could endanger voting rights, enable extreme partisan gerrymandering in the redistricting process, and cause upheaval. In election administration. Liberal law professor Richard Hassan has called the doctrine the 800-pound gorilla of election law because of its potentially disruptive effect on election administration norms. Conservatives, on the other hand, say the doctrine is derived from the plain text of the Constitution and would restore reasonable rules on the electoral playing field and allow elected state officials instead of judges to make election rules. The Supreme Court has not ruled on the doctrine directly, but some justices have said that it could have been argued in the Bush v. Gore case, which resolved the disputed 2000 presidential election. The doctrine, if endorsed by the high court, could in theory allow state legislatures to select presidential electors in disputed elections, something critics decry as a threat to democracy. When he launched the appeal in March, Tim Moore, a Republican who's the Speaker of the North Carolina House of Representatives, said, The Constitution is crystal clear. State legislatures are responsible for drawing congressional maps, not state courts, and certainly not with the aid of partisan political operatives. Moore is appealing to the Supreme Court of North Carolina's order redrawing the state's electoral map against the wishes of the state's Republican majority legislature. Two key clauses in the United States Constitution lay out the rules governing federal elections in the states. The elections clause in Article 1 states the times, places, and manner of holding elections for senators and representatives shall be prescribed in each state by the legislature thereof. The Presidential Electors Clause in Article 2 gives each state the power to appoint presidential electors in such manner as the legislature thereof may direct. The case is Moore v. Harper, Court File 21-1271. During nearly three hours of oral arguments on December 7, liberal justices pushed back against the doctrine, while conservative justices, conservative justices Clarence Thomas, Samuel Alito, and Neil Gorsuch seemed receptive to it to varying degrees. Moore's attorney, David H. Thompson, told the justices that the two constitutional provisions have been misinterpreted for years. The elections clause requires state legislatures specifically to perform the federal function of prescribing regulations for federal elections, Thompson said. States lack the authority to restrict the legislature's substantive discretion when performing this federal function, 
And it is federal law alone that places substantive restrictions on state legislatures performing the tasks assigned them by the federal constitution. For the first 140 years of the republic, there was not a single state court that invalidated on substantive grounds any congressional redistricting plan. Precedent holds that the founders tasked state legislatures with federal functions that transcend any substantive limitations sought to be imposed by the people of the state. Thomas wondered aloud if the court had the authority to consider this case. Thomas asked Thompson, what the basis of our jurisdiction was, given that we don't normally review state Supreme Court's interpretation of state constitutions. Boy, that's a pickle, isn't it? Thompson said the Supreme Court of North Carolina's decision reflects the state's law, but is still a violation of the elections clause. And that's why we're here. Justice Sonia Sotomayor told Thompson that his argument was not resonating with her. If judicial review is in the nature of ensuring that someone's acting within their constitutional limits, I don't see anything in the words of the Constitution that takes the power away from the state. Oh, God, how am I going to do this one? Justice Contanja Brown Jackson <laughs> asked Thompson if it was his argument. Uh, we'll do her in a man's voice since she cannot define a woman. That the state constitution has no role to play, period, in terms of imposing substantive limits on the exercise of that federal function. Thompson confirmed that was his position, saying that a state constitution may require that an election measure be presented to a governor for approval or veto. Justice Elena Kagan uh, seemed alarmed at the ramifications of Thompson's argument. The doctor under discussion, she said, gets rid of the normal checks and balances on the way big governmental decisions are made in this country. And then you might think that it gets rid of all those checks and balances at exactly the time when they are needed most. Think about consequences because this is a theory with big consequences, she said. The doctrine would empower state legislatures to carry out the most extreme form of gerrymandering while imposing all manner of restrictions on voting and curtailing all kinds of voter protections, she said. Thompson told Kagan that his position was that checks and balances do apply, but they come from the federal constitution and the panoply of federal laws like the Voting Rights Act and other statutes that are highly protective of voters. Neil Katyal, a counsel for the leftist group Common Cause, said Thompson's argument that state legislatures created by state constitutions are independent of them is wrong and has been rejected by early state constitutions and the courts. For 233 years, states have not read the elections clause the way you just heard, he said, a reference to 1789, the year the Constitution took effect. Katyal likened the doctrine to a bomb, saying its blast radius would lead to election chaos, forcing a two-track system with one set of rules for federal elections and another for state ones. U.S. Solicitor General Elizabeth Prelogar uh, urged the court to reject North Carolina's appeal, also saying it could sow chaos. The state's theory rejects all of this history and would wreak havoc in the administration of elections across the nation. 
and would invalidate constitutional provisions in every single state, many tracing back to the founding, she said. And that's a pretty interesting article right there, guys. If you do ask me, I would definitely say so that it is. Uh, and I would say, uh, what do you guys think about that? I mean, that is a uh, that is a big one to chew off out there. I could see both sides of the point. Because with these machines, ladies and gentlemen, you know, there's no telling how quickly uh, any of these traders in our state houses and, uh, you know, federal uh, imposters uh, would run would run ramrod over the American people in election laws, you know. So I don't know. But yeah, and uh, True Rivers is right on that. Uh, True Rivers says they will get you gerrymandered out if they're especially under uniparty doctrine. We saw that happen with the midterms, guys. Uh, just, do you remember the primaries? How many uh, states, including Republicans, Republican-held states, gerrymandered America First constituent, uh, America First candidates out of the primaries? It happened across the nation, guys. The establishment rhinos, the establishment Republicans, the rhinos used gerrymandering to basically um, uh, get possible incoming freshmen America First candidates out of the race. And it worked in some instances, guys. It worked in some instances. So that's a very true statement there, Mr. Two Rivers. That is a danger. So I don't know, guys. That's a tough one. I'm glad I'm not on the Supreme Court. Okay. <laughs> Of course, I'd have a lot of learning to do. Okay, guys, let's see what we got going on here next. Oh, obviously, we got going on next, guys. We are going to talk Mr. Musk and Dorsey just for a little bit. Ladies and gentlemen, this evening. Okay. Uh, so uh, the Twitter storm has occurred. Um, Mr. Musk is like, uh, he's... He's being useful, you know. He's being useful. I guess that's about all I could say. Uh, thanks for the can, Tam Girl. Much appreciated. Uh, but yeah, he's being useful. Okay. Uh, can't deny that, ladies and gentlemen. Cannot deny that. Whether or not uh, you have uh, you know varying opinions on his intentions. Uh, point of the matter as all of this is kind of rolling out nice and smoothly, right? Isn't it? Isn't it kind of weird when things roll out nice and smoothly, right? Clear sailing from here, right? You know what it means when there's clear sailing, right? Okay. All right. It means this was already planned to be this way. Okay. Now it appears that we have uh, Jack Dorsey, former CEO of um, Twitter, uh, telling Mr. Musk to release everything post-firing of uh, Jim Baker, James Baker, you know, beep state guy, okay? Former Twitter CEO urges Elon Musk to release everything after ex-FBI officials exit. Ooh, this is exciting, y'all. Don't you think? I think this is exciting, okay? Okay. Former Twitter CEO and co-founder Jack Dorsey called on new owner Elon Musk to release all the company's internal files after Musk apparently fired former deputy counsel James Baker on Tuesday for the alleged role he played in suppressing a Hunter Biden laptop report. How, did, did, how does it work that this guy went from FBI to Twitter, guys? Isn't that crazy? 
You know, I might have given you a check on your on your uh, red pill there, but uh, my fingers are fat. Okay. <laughs> there, are you happy? Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. Two Rivers. I appreciate that. <coughs> Timberjet, in case you didn't realize, I've been focused on elections to get caught up with this shit real quick. Well, uh, let me read his comment. Mr. C should get current on this shit. It's developing fast. Do you know why it's developing so fast? Because they don't want you talking about elections, Timberjet. When was the last time you talked about elections, sir? I'm not calling you out. I'm loving you my way. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, guys. That was totally creepy. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, Timberjet. Forget I said that. Okay. Oh, Lord. Okay. So uh, let's get back to this, guys. Yeah, I know. This is a... okay. You know what? Let's look up what's going on now. Timberjet, drop me a link. If this is behind, what, what do I got? What do I need to catch up on? Whose show do I need to watch? Okay. <laughs> this way I can keep you keep you here um let's see here okay well you know what the rest of america needs to catch up and the rest of my audience okay all right uh let's see here uh so getting back on to this uh if the goal is transparency to build trust why not just release everything without filter and let people judge for themselves including all discussions around current and future actions dorsey asked on twitter responding to a statement issued by musk make everything public now other than Dorsey, some users suggested to Musk that he releases all the files via a database similar to that what WikiLeaks had provided for leaked federal government documents. Last week, Musk handed alleged internal emails and messages to journalist Matt Taibbi, uh, who published several threads revealing how previous Twitter managers moved to suppress a New York Post report on Hunter Biden's laptop and overseas businesses' dealing bef dealings before the 2020 election. At the time, Twitter's content moderators alleged that the Post's report violated its policy around hacked materials, although it was later revealed that the laptop was not hacked and was merely abandoned. Uh, yes, and we knew this. Uh, the so-called Twitter files reported by Taibbi and endorsed by Musk showed that Baker, a former FBI general counsel and Brookings fellow, told Twitter executives to proceed with blocking the story because he suspected it broke Twitter's rules. Baker was also implicated in court documents filed by special counsel John Durham in a case against former Clinton campaign and Democrat lawyer Michael Sussman, who allegedly relayed false information about Trump's campaign to Baker when he was working for the FBI. I suspect the conclusion that we need more facts to assess whether the materials were hacked, Baker wrote uh, to other Twitter officials in October 2020, according to a screenshot posted by Taibbi. At this stage, however, it's reasonable for us to assume that they may have been and uh, that caution is warranted. Uh, Taibbi also reported that Baker uh, was also headed um, Twitter's process of reviewing the Twitter files before they were released to journalists. That revelation this week, Taibbi wrote, surprised everyone involved. That's crazy. Musk on Tuesday evening then wrote that he exited Baker from the company due to concerns about Baker's possible role in suppression of information important to the public dialogue. Although it's still not clear why Baker was tasked with reviewing files under the new ownership. For his part, Baker has not publicly responded to Taibbi's uh, reporting on Musk's statement. The Epoch Times has attempted to contact him for comment. Some other details. Later, when asked if Baker was able to explain himself, Musk wrote that 
his explanation was unconvincing. Probably it was more along the lines of, uh, Do, don't you know who I am? Don't you know who I work for? How dare you fire me? I'm here in the name of national security. I'm James Baker. It's probably what his argument was. I would say that's unconvincing also. <laughs> Minutes later, Taibi posted his own Twitter thread, calling it a Twitter files supplemental. On Friday, the first installment of the Twitter files was published here. We expected to publish more over the weekend. Many wondered why there was a delay. Taibi wrote in the post, we can now tell you part of the reason why. On Tuesday, Twitter Deputy General Counsel and former FBI General Counsel Jim Baker was fired. Among the reasons, vetting the first batch of Twitter files without knowledge of new management. I've heard situations like that happening before. Taibi then noted Baker's history working for the FBI and his ties to the widely discredited Steele dossier and the allegations that the Trump campaign had a secret back channel to a Russian bank. Baker resigned from the Bureau in 2018 and joined Twitter in 2020. Baker is a controversial figure. He has been something of a zealot of FBI controversies dating back to 2016 from the Steele dossier to the Alpha server mess, Taibi added. The news that Baker was reviewing the Twitter files surprised everyone involved, to say the least. New Twitter chief Elon Musk acted quickly to exit Baker Tuesday. Last week, Taibi, citing the internal messages, wrote that Dorsey was unaware of Twitter's efforts to block the New York Post story. He later publicly apologized and said the incident was mishandled. Many critics have said the suppression of the Hunter Biden report, which detailed his business ties to then-candidate Joe Biden by both mainstream news outlets and big tech firms, may have been enough to sway the election. The report, much of which was corroborated by a former Hunter Biden associate named Tony Bobulinski, was heavily referenced by then-President Donald Trump during his second debate with Biden. The Epoch Times has contacted Twitter for comment on whether Mr. Musk would release the Twitter files in full. That's pretty exciting, guys. And you know it takes a lot for me to get excited by Mr. Musk. Okay, I'm pretty sure he's thankful for that. Okay, anyways. So, uh, well, what a story tonight, guys, and what a show. That's a lot of new information, at least for my audience, Timbajet. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, my audience doesn't get the information as fast as you do. Uh, but um, we'll, we'll see what's to come, guys. I'm sure there's definitely more to come. Uh, very, very full, very, very full, exciting night of news, guys. Uh, and where does that leave us for the rest of this evening? Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to put us at the end of our show for tonight. But don't worry, we will be back tomorrow. I will be back tomorrow. It's we if we come together guys please show up so i don't feel like a weirdo always saying we it's it's that twin thing guys it's that twin thing that's why i always say we instead of me or i anyways y'all <laughs> thank you for being in attendance tonight uh please do head over to the seareport.com you know sign out sign up for the mailing list uh check out uh, some of the stuff in our online shop check out the articles we got a brand new one posted today about the speaker of the house for texas dave Thielen. We got one month, people, to make sure that our representatives vote no to date feeling that rhino in the state of Texas. And, uh, you know, to, to take 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 your state speaker into consideration. Also, we've seen how much damage these rhinos in the speakerhood can do. Right, Robin Voss? 
Okay, guys. Thanks again for hanging out tonight. I've been your host, Mr. C, as usual. This has been the C Report. Uh, Monday, Wednesday, wait, Monday through Friday, 7.30 p.m. Central Time, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We're live with America First Election Integrity News. And Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 3 p.m. Texas time, we got Lone Star State News. That's our Texas-centric news and current events. If you've been hanging out with us live, I cannot thank you enough for being here. Muchos gracias. And uh, hopefully we'll see you again next time. To any of the new subscribers uh, hanging out over there at Twitch, at Rumble, at Clout Hub, at, uh, and beyond, thanks for being with us. Thanks for giving the channel a chance. Make sure you hit the like button, the rumble button, the thumbs up button, the follow and the subscribe so you can give us a handout here. Not a handout, but a hand up, right? A hand up here at Mr. CTV. Ladies and gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. We'll see you again uh, mañana. That's Spanish for tomorrow. But until then, take care. Have a great night. And don't forget, be safe, be blessed. And God bless America. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Let's talk about Georgia. Uh, President Trump truthed about this earlier. Ballot images missing, right? Drop boxes with no video. And Disney's like, well, we don't care about that. We're gonna die on this hill. We're gonna be gay and we're gonna rape our children no matter what you say, because we are Disney. Uh, we don't normally run C in the dark uh, during the week. Uh, for those of you who are wondering, what the heck is this bald man talking about? Uh, you know, multiple broadcasts and shows come here on Mr. CTV channel. Uh, so you've got your C report Monday through Friday in the evening hours, right? And uh, we do see in the dark, which is a late night weekend talk show kind of, you know, broadcast, right? So guys, watch out. We got a swamp creature coming to the screen. So look out now. Look out now. Woo! <laughs> oh no, it's wretched Gretchen Whitmer. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's Mr. C from The C Report, and I'm stopping in for just a sec to encourage you guys to head over to thecreport.com. At thecreport.com, you can get more information on The C Report, check out episode resources, follow our blog and get new articles every week, join our mailing list, and stay abreast on the latest news and information. That's right, head on over to thecreport.com, that's www.thecreport.com, and be sure to follow us on our social medias, Truth Social, Rumble, Twitch, Clout Hub, and Pill.net.